Since 2008, after my first driving under the influence conviction in Riverside County, I've gone to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Many courts throughout the United States still require that people with these convictions go to AA meetings, or more recently called self-help meetings. These could include refuge recovery, smart recovery, celebrate recovery, and so on. Alcoholics Anonymous is a group that was started in the 1930s by Bill Wilson in Akron, Ohio. Back in those days, if you were to read the preface or forward, it talks about recovery rates. In early AA, one of three alcoholics got sober the first time. About a quarter of those who relapsed made it back and got sober. If you look anywhere these days about people's skepticism about AA now, however, it will cite failing success rates. You will inevitably hear people say, there are better methods out there. We have technology and science, try therapy, try medications, try anything but a God-forsaken spiritual self-help program, my God. Indeed, these kind, this kind of language around AA kept me out of the rooms and unwilling to hear anything they had to say, but there wasn't much being said anyway. One of the very first AA meetings I went to was at the American Legion in Moreno Valley, California. It was a hot day in August and I had just moved into my sister's and parents' apartments. This was right, right around the recession, so in an effort to save money, they moved in together. I had gotten a job at a property management company, which gave me a $900 apartment in Riverside's college area for $450. But I was drunk all the time, calling out of work all the time, hated my boss, hated that job, and so one particularly drunk day, I threw it all the property keys on my boss's desk and told her I was quitting. Then I showed up at my family's apartment with all my junk and crashed on the couch until my sister kicked me out for totaling my car and getting my second DUI. I was so indignant. And in probably one of the few fights we've ever had as adults, I called her a bitch and threw shit at her. So you can imagine I was a peach. Anyway, back to the American Legion. At that time, I still had a Mini Cooper and drove my cute little 23-year-old ass to this dusty old, dark, depressing room filled with a bunch of crusty old white dudes whose faces had permanently set into scowls. I made sure everyone saw the court card I had to get signed so they knew I wasn't like them. The following hour, or eternity, I don't know, can't remember how long the meeting was, was filled with these men complaining about coffee, their wives, the world, their jobs. When everyone had shared and they stared at me to insinuate I could share too, I shrugged smugly and said something like, I'm just here because of stupid DUI, I don't have a problem. Pass. Then I took my sidekick or whatever ancient piece of technology of a cell phone I had at that time to text the guy I wanted to hook up with that night. The meeting entered the closing part and the leader said his spiel. I swear I could almost feel the heat from his glare on my head while I stared down on my phone. When I looked up, he was saying, I will never forget this. Some of us haven't lost everything. And so we don't know that our lives are on the line. Ominous warning indeed. He said this to the room, but this was obviously directed to me since his glare was, you know, at me. No, I hadn't lost everything, I thought. Sure, I'd just gotten kicked out of my living situation, quit a good job, left a trail of broken romantic relationships, breathed every moment with unbearable depression and anxiety that made me feel like I'd peel off my skin. But so what? After this bitch fest, I definitely needed a drink. So I called up this guy who also had a DUI and was going through the same program I was to drink and complain about the complainers. Nothing about AA made me want to be sober. While the program, depending on the meeting, is still successful for people, it isn't hard to imagine why it overwhelmingly isn't. AA meetings have turned into bitching and moaning sessions sandwiched between reciting big book quotes out of context and made up AA cliches. Keep coming back, it works if you work it, one day at a time, 
let go, let God, and so on and so on, ad infinitum. I think you get the idea. But AA really is the last house on the block. After my third DUI, served time in jail, was sent to court-ordered rehab, and had nearly $10,000 in fines and fees, I thought I'd better give it a shot. To my credit, haha, I had chosen to go to a sober living after my jail rehab time since I had then moved to San Diego and didn't have anywhere safe to go if I wanted to really try sobriety. At the sober living, it was required that we attend meetings. These meetings weren't just any AA meetings, though. They had to be approved by the sober living. In addition to that, we had to get a sponsor and work the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the Big Book Awakening Way, and go to BBA meetings. What's BBA? I had asked from the back seat of a stranger's car. It sounds like a cult. I was in the back seat of a car with my rehab buddy Hannah and her older friend Kathleen, who had just celebrated 21 years of sobriety and had previously run a luxe sober living home in Cardiff by the Sea, which is exactly as expensive as it sounds. Kathleen and Hannah exchanged glances when Hannah finally said, It's just a way of going through the work. Some people would say it's a cult, she laughed, but it isn't. It's just AA and they allow all addictions and go through the work the same way. The first Big Book Awakening meeting I attended was in Del Mar at a church right across from the Del Mar racetracks. Just the summer before, my family had come down to visit and we'd gone there with my then-boyfriend at the time. It was August, I didn't know it at the time, but my then-boyfriend, who we shall call Mark, had relapsed and started using meth and heroin. Speedballs. Every moment in early sobriety was tinged with guilt and horror as I existed around landmarks of my previous self-destruction. The title page from the BBA workbook all text and text is described to be written to to your book these meetings were automatically different which was kind of what i had expected since del mar solana beach is a pretty wealthy area i wasn't surprised to be amidst attorneys and doctors and business owners many were white and older and attractive and fit then there was me and the folks from the sober living okay so things are going to get a little weird one of my housemates said she was a white chick my age with purple hair and a nose ring her addiction was primarily heroin and enjoyed the fast-paced life of gangs in Mexico. And not to glamorize it, but she really was kind of a badass. What? I asked. They are going to shut off the lights and then we meditate for five minutes, she said. Try not to laugh because if you get church giggles, I will definitely get church giggles. Then I can't stop and Becky, the house manager, will get mad. Um, okay. It was really interesting to meditate in silence for five minutes with a group. It was just literal silence, actually. Then they switched the lights back on and the meeting went on. But this was a theme that would repeat itself over and over. Prayer and meditation, prayer and meditation. Have you done your prayer and meditation? Take it to prayer and meditation. I can't remember who the first speaker was that I ever heard, but I know how I felt. As alcoholic, after addict, after Al-Anon, all stepped up to the podium to share with smiles on their faces, genuine smiles, they spoke about multiple years of sobriety. They read directly from the big book without making it sound like some ancient text. The word God was used and relied upon heavily. The urgency to get through the 12 steps, the work, as they referred to it, was palpable. There was an experience to be had and no one but you could have it if things were going to change. These people talked about living in recovery and not struggling to stay sober. That was a huge difference. I hadn't realized it until that meeting that I had a hard time understanding what a sober life could look like. My opinion was that if we'd all just relapse and die, but here were men and women with decades of recovery still relying upon the tools they were provided in the work 
to manage career change, broken hearts, grief. All of this was spoken about with such peace and clarity. It blew my mind. This group obviously had a higher success rate than any typical AA meeting. When I began the step work, I began to see why. Big Book Awakening really is just a method of going through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Bill Wilson outlines what the suggestions or principles are to recover from alcoholism, but he never really did exactly give, ironically, a step-by-step way of doing them. For example, step one, nada. Nowhere in the big book does it tell you how to complete step one or two. It just says on page 60, being convinced we were at step three. What? Well, if you made it through the archaic English of wealthy, educated whites in the 30s, you'd see they just linguistically battered you into submission. The first 60 pages explained what alcoholism is. They told you all about Bill, Fred, Dr. Bob, and the physical allergy, the mental obsession, and spiritual malady. They shared all of this as a matter of identification. But if you are just reading the book like a novel, you'd never see this. This is where the BBA method is amazing. They have a workbook to help guide you through the steps as a textbook, and it has transcriptions you are to copy into your own book like notes. In it, it has you turn the statements into questions. Did I ever feel like Bill? Had I ever felt despair? Did I ever find that when I wanted to stop drinking, I couldn't? These weren't meant to be strict yes or no answers either. We were supposed to really consider each question turn it over and over, examine our past experience and see if it aligned with Bill's. Bill was an alcoholic, that was established. And if I could identify with his physical loss of control more often than not after the first drink or the mental blank spot that always drove me back to the drink despite all the previous consequences and this inability to have a meaningful and happy life when I was sober, well then I was probably an alcoholic. It was stressed that we had to try all these other different ways of getting and staying sober, but we just couldn't. I couldn't. Even when I had stopped, I couldn't stay stopped. Even if I'd managed six months sober, my life was still in chaos, and I was still empty and unhappy. If all the therapy, medication, self-help books, love of my parents, boyfriends, and just don't pick up no matter what, cliches, couldn't keep me sober, what on earth could? Nothing. It asked me to consider if I thought there was something, some loving force that wanted good for me and could keep me sober. Um, what? It didn't ask me to give my life to Jesus, read the Quran, or sacrifice babies. All it asked was, was I willing to consider that I was beyond human aid and only some act of a loving power outside could exist to restore me to sanity? Uh, sure, I guess. Great, now you're at step three. What? Going through the work this way, all the added historical context, the meaning behind the damn arch and, the, and what the hell is a cornerstone, I began to really understand what Bill meant. No wonder they had such a high success rate. No wonder regular AA doesn't. They don't even do the step work. Needless to say, I've done the work several times now and led workshops and sponsored women and I have seen and continue to experience the change this work has produced. It really does have the capability to save and change lives. This isn't a program to get sober. It is a program to stay recovered and live a life worth living. That is, after all, the first promise of the book. It's on the title page that we recover. 
If I can be honest and truly see the reality of my physical, mental, and spiritual condition, I become willing to do the work the book asks me. Once I really understand that this was a life or death matter, I became willing to do the work. Once I understand the changing and experienced the changing of my personality, which gave my life meaning and purpose, I began to practice these principles in all my affairs. This purpose has helped me be helpful to those around me and I don't know, probably to people I don't even know. If you're interested in learning more about Big Book Awakening, it's free and basically just like regular AA. You do have to buy the books, but they are sold nearly at cost and fairly affordable at 10 to $12 for the books. There are tons of free downloadable material available on the website. You can check out the links in this podcast or go to the website, theholyriot.com. Are you familiar with Big Book Awakening or Alcoholics Anonymous? What are your thoughts on self-help programs? Quick disclaimer, I know my views, opinions, and experiences are not everyone's. I still want to hear about you and yours, though. Other people's feelings and experiences are valid. Teach me something new, and always, always please be kind.